guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. On this week's episode of Courageous Wellness, we have the inspirational Danica Breisha. Danica is a business owner, body positive fashion model, and self-care guru. She is the founder and CEO of Model Meals, the well-known Whole30 approved meal delivery service, as well as being the creator of the Brunch series. On this episode, we discuss Danica's personal wellness journey, how she made some major life transformations in a few short years, and how she created a routine for herself that has led to thousands of women prioritizing their goals and their own self-care. Danica shares with us what's next for her, what's in her future biography, and how to schedule creative time and space right into her jam-packed calendar. Her story will inspire you from how she got out of $100,000 of debt to being a boss and thriving entrepreneur. She is a lady that deeply inspires many, and we feel so fortunate to share this episode with you. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for, I was going to say having me, but coming over to my house. No, yes. Thank you for having us. Um, So just to begin, um, maybe you can share just a little bit about your own wellness journey. How did you come to be? who you are. Yeah, it's it's funny to think about because I I was like the I was a party animal. I was very naughty for most of my life. So it's funny to think about my past life and I had fun. I'm not discrediting it. I think it's great to go through. Um, but I, I really got into this wellness space um, when I did my very first Whole30 in mm. January of 2014. Wow. And I did my first Whole30 and I got and I was living in New York. I uh, was a plus size model and I was living there and I did it and I got to the end of those 30 days and just feel like my, it like blew my mind how powerful food was. Mm, yeah. And I had really gone into it as a diet. I struggled with food my whole life. So dieting was something that was like, Mm-hmm. I, I did it all the time. That was all I cared about. So I went into this thing for weight loss, yeah. but I came out of the whole 30 with like such a different perspective about the power of food because the way yeah. that my brain started functioning was just like insane to me. Mm-hmm. I could, everything became clear and I had more energy and all that. So I decided I wanted to keep like not, I didn't want to not feel that way. Yeah. And so I followed the whole 30 and I kept kind of eating in that style. And I, and I was empowered by how much I could change in 30 days. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what else could I do? And I started adding really gradually and slowly adding in new habits like journaling and meditation mm-hmm. and movement and all these different things. And slowly but surely my whole lifestyle changed. Yeah. You know, I was sober and I was eating in a different way and I was moving and I was, th- I was thinking more clearly and I was yeah. doing this sort of inner work. And so that just began that journey in 2014 and and it changed my life so much. And I just started sharing it. And I think as I started sharing it, it just sort of layered itself and became sort of built it. It it became a brand, I guess, and and, and my message. Wow. And only what, like four, we're just starting 2019. So basically just four years ago, how much can change? It's insane. It's insane. And, and I mean, I just, I think that everyone deserves to understand Mm -hmm. how good we can feel. I feel like we always, we get used to our normal Mm -hmm. and we don't know sometimes how much better we can feel and how great life. I think life is so fun and it's so cool to like, to feel that good and to feel so clear. And when we feel mental clarity, we can go inward and get answers about ourselves and when we get answers about ourselves and we have the clarity to do that life becomes so good and so seamless because we're following what feels good to us yeah but I but I I lived most of my life numbed out I didn't feel Mm -hmm. my feelings I did everything based on what I thought I was supposed to do Uh and how I was supposed to feel so did you ask me in the nightclub how do you feel (laughs) I would look around and, and decide how I thought I should feel yeah. versus going inward and feeling, oh, like 
I'm miserable. This is not fun. Mm-hmm. I feel anxious. I feel so relearning that was one of the gifts of this journey because yeah. when you clear your physical vessel by how you eat and sleep and whatever, then you get to go deeper and that deeper like spiritual yeah. wellness journey has been the biggest gift. Yeah. Well, what I'm kind of curious is like the 30 days, that first 30 days. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big shift if you've been living a certain way and waking up to that in such a short period of time, relatively short period yeah. of time. Was there any, um, were there any challenges that came up because you started getting in touch with the inner stuff? Like mm-hmm. because you felt your feelings for the first time in a long time? Yeah. That, and I always say it gets worse before it gets better mm-hmm. because if you've been suppressing feelings your whole life. Yeah. There's feelings under there, you know, and they come up. And so for me, it was really tough. You know, I, I, I really started looking at it how I was using food. Food's been my drug for my whole life. So I was not just obsessed with weight loss and, and how I looked, but it was more, I, I mean, I was binging. I was binging on thousands and thousands of calories secretly, and that was my drug. I used it the same way people use alcohol or drugs or whatever. And so it made me look at that behavior a lot. And I got into a program called Overeaters Anonymous, and I started doing a lot of work in that space and just digging deep into my feelings about myself and my own image and my worth and my enoughness and what I wanted in life too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the clarity I got from my wellness journey and the deep self-worth work is what led me to start my businesses because mm-hmm. it gave me clarity on what mattered to me. Yeah what I was passionate about right and your relationship with your body you Mm -hmm. know you had mentioned to you had always been on diets Mm -hmm. right like diets were just a way of life so how did you learn to love yourself the way you were I think even as you started right losing the weight or changing your body or whatever Mm -hmm. naturally right because that's just a natural side effect of treating your body correctly Mm -hmm. you know that was my weight loss journey I lost 50 pounds when I started loving myself and I stopped punishing my body, which is so crazy, but it's still a struggle, right? Because the feelings don't go away. So how did you, how did you do it? How did you learn to love yourself? So that was a gradual process. And truthfully, the plus size modeling industry gave me a lot of that, um, Mm. that confidence. Mm. What happened was when I became a plus size model, I started following other like curvy girls on social media that looked like me and that Mm. were celebrating their bodies you know, the things that I was calling flaws, they were putting it out there and other people were celebrating it too. And so by following those people, um, I I just sort of subconsciously over time after seeing them in my newsfeed, I just assumed that's what, that the the entire, the, everyone was changing and this is what people were looking at and celebrating and great. And so I started, it just sort of automatically led me to start celebrating myself too. And then I realized as I started sharing myself and my, my confidence and my body and when I started sharing that stuff, people were like shocked about it. And it, I became this sort of like body positive person when in reality, I just found a way to trick myself into thinking that this is how everyone is mm, feeling, I right? Yeah. And so I always tell people, I'm like, if you are, have all these perceived flaws, whether it's age, size, um, like career, whatever it is, yeah. follow people who are celebrating, who are, who are making something really positive out of mm. those things, because we can, t- we can reprogram our mind. We can literally, we yeah. can create our normal. So it's, so it's what we consume in media. It's what magazines, it's TV, it's anything we listen to. Mm. We can recreate like what we want to hear and what we want to see. Mm. Yeah. Especially in this day and age with like, so we're so oversaturated with media and just media, social media, all different things, yeah. right? Content in general. That I guess that's the one thing is like you do have the the control and the choice of like what you're experiencing, curating your own experience. Yeah. Like people are curating what they put out there, mm-hmm. but you can also like curate what you take in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which has a lot. It's a hard thing to do, but to know that that's in your control is pretty and we we don't take that's the problem i think is we don't we give our power away with that we will look at the same person's information that maybe we followed them at some point three years ago Mm -hmm. and they pop up in our newsfeed almost every day and we look at it and we never stop to tune in about do i feel badly when i see this person do Mm -hmm. i compare myself when i see this person and we just automatically scroll past and we don't remove it we forget that we can we can we, we don't have to un, yeah. to follow that person. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to consume that. People, yeah. I, I talk about the news and how that influences people because yeah. uh, people, you know, 
it's to each their own. But for me, when I watch the news, I get depressed. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I don't see myself as being, as avoiding. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not intentionally avoiding what's going on in the world. Right. But the truth is, I know that if something really big and important is happening, I'm going to find out about yeah. it. Right? So if I watch the news and that's the first thing I do in the morning, I go into the day with a negative mindset. It's the same with watching movies, watching right. a violent movie or yeah. watching... Our, our body doesn't know, our brain doesn't know the difference if we're experiencing it in mm. real life yeah. or there. We're still putting ourselves into those stress modes. So for me, it's become about managing my thoughts and managing my consumption um, in whatever way I can possibly achieve, yeah. right? We can't, we can't control everything, but there's a lot we can control. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in this kind of like part of your wellness journey, when was the moment where you started to understand like your own entrepreneurial spirit you do have different businesses and was there that moment where you're like I'm gonna do this now <laughs> <laughs> well I was when I was living in New York I got super into debt I like didn't pay my rent for three months I'd lost some I'd been pretty um pretty intense and restrictive with my my wellness journey at first and I ended up losing a bunch of weight and that's because I still cared about that so much mm-hmm. at that point um, and I lost a bunch of weight and I lost all my modeling jobs because I wasn't big enough anymore. I was like in this sort of in-between no man's yeah, land. Yeah. And so I went from making six figures modeling to nothing overnight. And I had a nice West Village apartment to pay for and all this, you know, all my my expenses for my yeah. life. And so I remember thinking, and I'd been reading a lot of personal growth books ever since I got that mental clarity from Whole30 and changing yeah. my actual lifestyle that in my physical body then I started reading some all these books and getting into this sort of deeper conversation mm. and a lot of it a lot of them were sort of entrepreneurial I've read a book I think called the four-hour work week and those sorts of things that had me thinking a little differently about my career and it was really important to me that I did something that I cared about like mm. that I was passionate about something if I was going to put my energy into it I mean we spend so much so many hours of our life at our job yeah, yeah. You know, you sure as hell better like what you're doing or care about it, right? Or feel like there's a greater purpose to it. And so I I one day decided I was going to write down every 15 minutes how I was spending my time. And I I did that. And I looked at that at the end of the day and just realized that I was cooking for people. I was sharing, like, my wellness journey. I I had hosted a dinner party. I was creating recipes. I was answering a lot of questions about Whole30. Mm. And so I thought, what if I could just cook this food for people and give them this feeling first? Because I could could share my journey as much as I want, but I can't can't give people a feeling. And I didn't know how to articulate the difference the different life experience that you can have by just making some small simple changes it's really powerful and true and we've both well i've done it this is my second time but we're both doing whole 30 currently oh cool yeah and we talk about this now on the daily basis like the check in of like wow so much starts to shift when you're not you know when you're fueling yourself in a certain way yeah it's insane it's yeah. just these small little changes that have a big impact yeah. on and brain function yeah, so absolutely. I, I put something on Instagram and I said does anyone in New York want a healthy chef or healthy <laughs> meals and I called it model meals and I put it out there and I had a few people respond who were interested and I started cooking these whole 30 meals for people and delivering around New York and so I made my own little meal delivery business and I did that for a little while but um, and I was loving it it was like the definition of doing something you cared about I yeah. loved doing it but as any small business owner can tell you, making money right off the bat is not something that comes along with it no. most of the time. And so I just got, I just really got into debt. I wasn't modeling. I was barely making any money with my, um, my little business venture. And so I had to make a humbling decision and move back into my parents' garage in Newport Beach. And which, listen, if you're going to live in a garage, Newport Beach yeah. isn't the worst place. <laughs> Um, but, but I moved back with them so I could get my feet back on the ground. Mm. And so I closed my business in New York, moved back with them, um, and spent some, some time just sort of going inward and, and whatnot before I relaunched the business again. Wow. That's like, that's a whirlwind. It's crazy. Was that over, what kind of period of time did that So one year. Wow. Yeah. So this is all in 20, I lived in New York for one year. I lived there from January, 2014 to January, 2015. And wow. I moved, moved back to my parents' garage during January twi- uh, 2015, and I lived there for two years okay. wow. in the garage. That's so – and I think that's so – it's pretty incredible that there was such a need for what – like, you didn't even know, right? This mm-hmm. is just something that was fueling your heart and soul. Yeah. But here was this huge need for it that you clearly were able to, you know, fill this void in the market. And it is amazing. Doing Whole30 – this is the first time in my life I haven't 
emotionally eaten mm. ever, mm-hmm. which is really unbelievable because it's made me, and you can still emotionally eat on Whole30. Course, like the yeah. almond butter is right there. Oh, yeah. The spoon is still right there. <laughs> but it's been a really interesting process because it's made me, because I feel so good. Mm. It's changed and, and there's no, um, what I love about Whole30 is you can eat as much as you want, yeah. which is different than any right. sort it's of restrictive. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a diet in that sense of, yes, there's all these restrictions, mm-hmm. but you can eat as much food as you want to eat. Yeah. So it's like the almond butter will be there later or tomorrow. So mm-hmm. there's no, like, it's not bad. Yeah. And I think taking away that has made a big difference. And I, and model meals has helped. Absolutely. So <laughs> Just pitching my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> delicious and it um, hey girl thank you on Sundays and <laughs> so um when did you feel like model meals really started taking off so what happened was I lived with my parents I moved in in January 2015 and then I took sort of those like eight months to really regroup and honestly I did I, I really regressed a bit that, mm-hmm. that during that time I started drinking again I'd been sober all of 2014 I started drinking again I sort of fell off my wellness stuff a bit mm-hmm. And then had like that oh, that kind of rude awakening and, and through that, um, and I was binging a lot. I found myself binge eating a lot. And I actually, there's a tool that I teach. A lot of what I do is based around this self-care checklist that I created during that sort of time where I got super, super lost um, in just my habits. And I was, and it was the stressful situation and living with my parents again and then being so, you know, it's nearly six figures in debt. And, and I was just in a stressful situation. And I remember, um, trying to figure out what's my formula to not binge. Like what would it, what would, what do, when, what action can I take each day in order to not end up eating thousands of calories in secret Mm -hmm. in my room? Because frankly, I didn't have the money to pay for it. You know, it's, it's, I'm putting myself in more in debt, just buying food for my addiction. And so I made a little checklist and I wrote down the things that I knew put me in a better headspace and kept me more stress-free. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I decided to check them off each day. And it was things like meditation, eating healthy food, getting enough sleep, journaling, mm-hmm. and like managing my emotions through like journaling, you know. And I realized after consistently checking these little boxes every day, even if it was just for like, you know, 10 minutes a day. I ended up not binging so much. Wow. And so I created this check, this self-care checklist and eventually added things to it where I would manifest and write my bio from the future and all that. But um, my point in saying that is through this checklist, I was able to sort of bring my back, myself back from this sort of regress, mm-hmm. regression yeah. and really quickly find my f- formula for success and jump back r- right back into it. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, maybe these months weren't great. Jump back into it. And through that clarity mm-hmm. that I finally found after like those eight kind of rough months. Um, and those are probably the months where we were talking about earlier of like just getting you, you sort of, it gets worse before it gets better sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. But by shifting and shifting my mindset and getting back to this sort of healthy perspective, I, um, I decided, okay, well maybe we'll relaunch this business. And so mm-hmm. I brought on a business partner and we launched the business formally model meals launched in, uh, August of 2015. Okay. So in California. So that's when we formally like made it a business and did the damn thing. So my New York version was very small scale. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, was wow. like the, it was like the little seed, right? Yeah. And then like, this is like, Years later, the flower. Yeah. yeah. My, my, like, New York was, like, the illegal days of model meals where I was cooking with a 200-pound dog in my house. And um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, and so I launched it. And now we – today we have about 40 employees, and we send out thousands of meals um, every week. And, yeah, it's and pretty crazy. Time. And I'm, Oh, yeah, I paid off all my debt and moved out of my – I don't – we're not recording from my parents' garage. Um so yeah, I mean it's just been a journey and 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 to find consistency and balance mm-hmm. with self-care and yeah. with food and with business. I mean for me business self I'm really passionate about entre- entrepreneurship. Yeah. That's something yeah. I really love. I love wellness too, but I would say that the the self-care piece is because I know that all the self-care yeah. stuff that I do contributes to me serving my business and my employees and my dreams yeah. in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I love is I love teaching people this routine that sets a foundation for them to build the life of their dreams, whatever that looks like. And, and I think what's so inspiring is that it's your journey isn't linear, right? It's not like, oh, okay, I did Whole30, I had this idea for model meals, and then it was this huge success. <laughs> like, that's not, that's how, not how life works. <laughs> but, but I think it really is about taking one small step each day, or even mm-hmm. like you said, I regressed, and then I had to like reevaluate. And I think that's so encouraging, especially for myself, yeah. to be like, you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And like 
listening to your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and so you keep mentioning, you know, self-care. And so, and the importance of that. I feel like you're the queen of self-care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So maybe could you walk us through for anybody who's new, um, what, what is, what does your self-care look like? Why is it, and why is it so important, which you've kind of touched on, but um, what do you also do on days that you're just not feeling it? I'm sure you have days like that. I certainly do. Um, So self-care, the concept of self-care can mean a lot of different things, but the way I usually explain it is figuring out a way that we can pre-charge so that we don't have to recharge. So rather than waking up and just jumping into our day and going and getting and being stressed and getting to the end of the day and leaving only backwash for ourselves and the ones, you know, in our cup for the ones that, and the people we love and like feeling so depleted that we just crash. I'd I'd like to help people figure out what would it take if the first thing that I did in the morning was this self-care routine that charged me up and it filled my cup, not just full, but overflowing so that all day, everything that I do gets from the overflow and I end my day with a full cup instead of backwash. And so that's what it's all about. And so for me, the soul self-care checklist helps people to determine what falls into that routine. And the biggest thing to mention about this is that I'm a really big advocate on tiny, nearly fail-proof baby steps. Like I'm talking 10 minutes a day, like 20 minutes a day sort of thing. My normal self-care routine takes longer than that. But I I really, when I work with people, I don't have them commit to any more than that. They can always do more than that, but I'm really big into positive reinforcement. So say you're committing to a new goal and you want to work out. I would say healthy movement three days a week, yeah. right? For yeah. I'm sorry, healthy movement three days a week for a ten, a ten, a can meet to 10 minutes a day. Mm. And people are like, 10 minutes a day, what's that going to do? But in the long run, even if you only really did that yeah. 10 minutes a day, it still adds up. Yeah. But what often happens is we commit to 10 minutes and we do 20. And we're like, cool, I'm a rock star. Yeah. Like I nailed it. And you know, then you know what happens? We do it again tomorrow because yeah. we feel good and we yeah. feel like we're succeeding. Right. And so for me, my self-care routine is it's developed for quite some time, but it starts with um, what time I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I always say like the, the, the most important decision that I make probably each day is when I plug my phone in across my bedroom, yeah. <laughs> meaning I don't bring the electronics yeah. in the bed. When I plug my phone in across the bedroom, and I get in bed. Mm. And for me, that's usually around 7.30 or 8 p.m., which probably sounds crazy to people, but that's just, I, 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 I love my mornings. Mm. And, I, and I, what I did was I looked at my day and I thought, like, how much, what, where are the valuable hours, right? The, I didn't see myself doing anything super productive from like 6 p.m. to midnight, right? Mm. It's usually you're watching Netflix or you're zoning out right. or whatever. You're not yeah. doing, and some yeah. people are night people, but yeah. for the most part, that wasn't me. Yeah. And so I thought, well, what if I could trade like two or three of those kind of lame evening hours where I'm not really doing anything productive and, and go to bed earlier and tack those on in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And so I wake up at 5 a.m. And so I wake up at 5 a.m. My phone's across my bedroom. I don't bring it in my bedroom so I'm, or in my bed because I will lay and scroll and yeah. whatever. So I turn my alarm off, make my bed first thing. And then... Um, let me think. So it's 5 a.m. My coffee makes itself now. I finally oh, like, nice. I, I mean, <laughs> listen, co- honestly, coffee timers are, have been around forever, but yeah. I never utilized it until recently. I'm very grateful. So I do, um, I have some supplements I take and then I make a bulletproof coffee. It has a bunch of fancy, funky stuff and not fancy, but a bunch of stuff in it. <laughs> and then I meditate. So, um, one of my rules is that I really, I do not go on my phone, social media, text messaging, emails, anything like that until I'm done with my self care routine. So I usually meditate for about 20 minutes and then I'll either go to my work. I do a workout at some point throughout the, in most mornings. Um, and then I do my self care checklist and on my self care checklist is the bulk of the sort of self-care work that changes my mindset. So on that, you'd see, like, I write three things I'm grateful for. I write three affirmations. I write a biography of myself in the future. I write a journal entry from my future. I plan my calendar for the day. I'm super big on being really intentional with my time. So I'm scheduled very, I'm scheduled very thin, but I'm also scheduled very mindfully, meaning I schedule in breaks. I schedule my sleep. I schedule all these different things so that my self-care doesn't get pushed aside. So, and then, yeah, I mean, I check off that I have a clean space. I'll write some prayer out. I'll write like a brain dump. So I'll get whatever thoughts are in my head. I'll write that out. I'll check out that I'll write that I, you know, how much I slept. So I just like to monitor stuff and it's my, and I, and I do it most days, but to answer your question, Erica, about the days that I don't feel like doing it, I just don't do it. Mm. So I schedule, so I I schedule Sundays are my days off. Mm. And, And here's the thing. I'm sure you guys can relate. The hardest thing for me to do is not work. It's not, it's not, or not do something. Like it's always like do, do, do. So Sundays I take the day off and that's probably a day that I typically won't do a self-care checklist. 
And then Mondays are my creative day. So I found that because of the amount of work and all my business my business stuff that I really needed a day of white space. So it's like really it's my white space day and I schedule nine to five and that's no social media, no emails, nothing mm. like that, limited screens and it's just like creative work. Mm. So I use that calendar and I and I part of my self-care checklist is to make sure that calendar is all like you know, everything's scheduled mindfully and that I plan for it. If I want to work out, if I commit to working out all the time, then I sure as hell better plan for yeah, it, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's a lot of information, but that's kind of what's no, on it. <laughs> really, I mean, it's great to hear. And I'm curious, do you ever find like, because you schedule these areas of like your creative day and where you also are very intentional about disconnecting from like electronics, from, from communication with other people, do you ever find yourself having anxiety about that or are you now practiced enough with the dis like for when you intentionally disconnect to allow yourself to have that calm? Yes, definitely. I mean, it's weird because it's that combination of, oh my gosh, this feels so good, why, but why is it so hard to not, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. it's really easy to jump on Instagram. It's instant gratification. Mm-hmm. It's instant. It's a bunch of people saying, I like you all the time, you know, for the most part, yeah, yeah. like for most people. Me, yeah. And I don't mean they're saying that flat out. They might be, but, but it's the heart. The like, it's, the it's, the, yeah. it's, it's the feeling seen. Yeah. And it's instant. And a lot of times these instant gratification things like social media or something that, that anything that is instant gratification, sugary foods, whatever... It takes us away from doing the big projects that are really quality focused that are not instant, they're not instant gratification. So for me, writing a book has been something I've been wanting to do for three years and I've, and and it's, and it's in me, but the little things that are like so it's yeah. feel easier they're smaller projects I'll keep coming first right. but in the big picture it really leaves, it's it doesn't the impact is less yeah. right so it's I'm, I'm not perfect with it but I'm I'm pretty disciplined with the technology piece I have to be yeah. or else and I know when I'm when I'm I know when I'm not yeah. being mindful with it and I'm far from perfect but yeah. I, I just try and I use my calendar to be really like just intentional with my time. If I'm, you know, if when I have to go back and scroll and, and move, move something productive that I, that I had scheduled and, and put in mindlessly scrolled Instagram for 30 minutes, mm. that sucks. Yeah. Like I have to go into my, my, my yeah. calendar and schedule it or like, you know, so, um, so it's just being intentional with time. And I love that you said, if you don't feel like it, you just don't do it. And mm-hmm. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. I think that's like someone, I just listened to someone too who recently said that a morning routine is supposed to fill you up right, for your right, day. Right. Like I love the overflowing bucket concept. But we put all this like pressure on ourselves, but it's like if you're just not feeling it, that's okay. Yes. Like we can just be kind to ourselves too. And I think I certainly have had to learn, but practicing kindness to yourself is probably one of the hardest things. And I think one of the things that so many women have a challenge with, and one of the rules of my self-care checklist is you have to take one day off a week at mm-hmm. least. But a lot of my clients will just do it once a week or they'll do it five days a week or yeah. whatever. But for me, moving away from it, like if I catch myself doing it, I'm like, oh, I don't, it feels like a task. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like the, it's inspiring. I just don't do it. So, yeah. and, and I had this like epiphany. I don't know if it was this morning, but I had this like epiphany, which sounds so simple, but it was like, you literally don't have to work out every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can, you can actually work out three days a week. Yeah. And it's, I've been such a black and white thinker for my whole life that it's always been, I'm either working out six or seven days a week or I'm yeah. not working out at all. Yeah. And yeah. as much as I know these things, yeah. it just like clicked for me this morning. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to, I don't have to work out every yes. single day. Yeah, it's so true. It's so, actually Whole30 has changed the way I work out because yeah. Yeah, I, I work out less actually on Whole30 uh-huh. because I just do. I yeah. Mean, but I was like, wow, I had a similar, I was like, it doesn't have to be this all or nothing. It yeah. can just be when your body feels inspired to do it or for, right. it's been about whole 30 has been really Girl, good. I'm glad you're feeling it's it. It's way more than, it's way more than like a food. Oh thing. yeah. It's That's, so much more. Yeah. But you know, I think in that same way with your self-care checklist and giving yourself that, that time to be like, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. Do you also ever still deal with those feelings of binge eating or emo- like, do you ever go back to those places or what are tips for anybody that's trying to work mm-hmm. through those feelings? Say yeah. no, again, I think binge eating and emotional eating, I, I've suffered from emotional eating and no one ever talked about it. Honestly, until I like met you, I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, someone's talking about right. this. But yeah. it is one of those things that I think carries a lot of shame, especially binge eating as well. Yeah. So do you have any tips for anyone struggling through it or what do you do if you ever feel like you're 
going in with a spoon. Yeah, so <laughs> the th- <almond> butter spoon. <laughs> this year, I will say, has been like the real, or not this year, 2018, I guess, has been the real, the first time I really felt like this is my food freedom. I mm. finally get it. It mm-hmm. clicked. And for so long, I pictured my, I thought that food freedom meant I was never going to reach for food when I was, wasn't hungry. Mm. Like I thought that one day I would get to this point where I just use food as fuel and it's perfect and whatever. So, somewhere along the line in the last probably six months, I realized that what food freedom is, is that's still going to happen sometimes and it's allowing it. Yeah. It's being gentle and saying, that's okay. Yeah. It's acknowledging it and totally giving myself permission. Yeah. And when I do that, I don't binge. Yeah. I eat a couple scoops of a couple spoonfuls of ice cream and I move on. Yeah. And I don't think about it all day. Yeah. And so that for food freedom for me really looks like eating food, choosing to eat foods that that help me thrive because that's yeah. the most important. So yeah. I don't have rules around food, but I have a structure that I have in place because I know I don't feel good when I eat grains and dairy and you know refined yeah. sugar and that stuff. So right. do I avoid those for the most part? Yes. Are they hard rules? No. I don't do Whole30 anymore. I love Whole30. I swear by the program, but it gave me my food freedom, yeah. and I don't have a reason to do it anymore because I eat that way for the most part. Yeah. Right. Which is the that's what that's the goal, right? Yeah. But the, one of the biggest things for um, emotional eating is 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 targeting what you're eating over. And I know yeah. for me, it was stress and overwhelm is pretty much always why I would reach for food when I felt stressed or when I felt overwhelmed. And so managing my stress and overwhelm through my self-care checklist yeah. has been the biggest gift. Mm-hmm. And that was intentionally what it was. It was like, how do I limit the stress that I can control yeah. so that right. I'm less likely to binge? Yeah. And so for me, I really feel like it's number one, it's gentleness, it's yeah. forgiveness, it's, it's, being loving with ourselves and saying, hey, that's okay. Cool. That looks good. Me, you know, like, yeah. and I remember Billy, my um, ex-boyfriend, walked in on me binging one time. This was a couple of years ago. And he, um, and I remember I had all this food around me. I was living in the garage. I was so embarrassed. It was like someone walked in on me with yeah. my addiction, my secret thing. And he was like, cool. And he sat down and started eating food with me. And it was this sort of like, oh, you know, in your head, you were like, this is this traumatic experience. Right, yeah. And you realize that with that's how it should be. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, cool. This is happening. It's only, yeah. only we put like shame and, on. Right. And when you remove that, yeah. like you were saying, the good and the bad foods, when you remove that and you get allow and you get permission, mm-hmm. it, you don't eat as much. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. It's yeah. like the, and, and Janine Roth is one of my absolute favorite authors. She has a book called Women, Food, and God and talks a lot about this sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. And her, oh my God, she's, <laughs> she's amazing. She's yeah. been in this space for well before people were talking about it. Yeah. And um, the book is called Women, Food, and God. It's amazing. And that was her thing. She finally, she had dieted and restricted her whole life. And she finally just said, I'm going to try not dieting. And she said she ate chocolate chip cookies for every meal for like two weeks. And that's wow. all she ate. And, and then she eventually felt sick and her body started craving nutrients. Yeah, and she, and she, she realized that she could trust her body again. Yeah. And I think this conversation brings us back to this idea that we've been told and yeah. taught to trust everything outside of ourselves for answers, right. right? Instead of going inward, instead of slowing down, instead of, am I hungry? You know, I notice for myself, and I do this a lot, I notice when I start, I run into things all the time. Yeah. I run into walls, I'm moving too fast, <laughs> I run all the time. And I'm like, that is such a signal of not being in my body. Because yeah. yeah. if I was in my body, I would not walk into, I would not slam into my wall yeah. when I'm trying yeah. to turn the corner quickly. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I'm seeing like little signs and I'm not perfect with it. But I think like, like I was saying, like we're, we're so conditioned to think that our answers are outside of us right. instead of creating the space to go inward yeah. and slowing down. Yeah. And creating that space is the only way we can hear, hear. those signals. Right. right. If it's just like quieting, but like the, the signals are always there. Yeah. I mean, that was something like when I was recovering from my surgeries, I remember I hadn't eaten meat in four years. Mm-hmm. And all my body was doing was screaming at me to go uh-huh. make a steak. Uh-huh. Like, and then one day I was just like, I need to go do this. <laughs> it's going to be okay. And it was okay. And yeah. I felt really good. Yeah. But that was that, like literally that light bulb moment of like, oh, what's going on in here? It's yeah. telling me something. Yeah. Because it's really intelligent. Our yeah. bodies are really intelligent. Yeah, Absolutely. And to be able to trust that is such a cool thing. Yeah. And to know like that it can... That our bodies, like, we don't need to be in competition or, like, at war with our bodies. It, that we are one and we can, like, they're here for us. Yeah. And they actually know what to do. If yeah. We, if we give them the 
the few of all those things yeah. you know that, that they want. Yeah. Like, but yeah. if we don't listen, we're gonna try and keep outsmarting them. We're yeah. gonna not we're not gonna pay attention when it says I'm full or that doesn't make me feel good or yeah. it's really easy to live outside our bodies. We have yeah. these coping mechanisms that have served us probably at one point to not feel certain things. Yeah. But when we put them all on n- mute we, how do we live our life? How do we know what to say yes and no to? How do we know how we feel in any given situation? That's why we date the wrong guy or we take the wrong job or we say yes to the thing that we should have said no to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so this is a little bit like going back, but you are now a woman who has a lot of a lot of entrepreneurial kind of things, balls <laughs> in the air, right? So you have your model meals, which we've discussed, huh. and you're a model as well. And you have the brunch series, mm-hmm. which is like this big national tour you just wrapped and you do coaching um how with this sort of level of expansion that's happened over the last couple of years how do you how do you do it all or how do you delegate like what is that sort of like that next phase with all this growth how do you do it and not get overwhelmed or not like other than your personal story but like physically. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I get overwhelmed all the time. (laughs) So I'm really working on that. But the truth is anyone who's growing is it's because they're, they have a team, you know, and they're delegating. I always tell people, I'm like, when that, that's how you grow anything is with multiple people, any one person, you know, you'll see a lot of people out there who are, especially as a personal brand, you see me, but you don't see, and I'm pretty good about sharing my team and people know that I'm not doing it by myself, but, but it's a team of people all doing individual jobs, all doing things that they're much better at than I am and working together where we combine all of our different skill sets and and grow. And so for me, there's two answers. The first is help and a team and and great people. The second is self-care. Like the, it's a non, so I always tell people, people like, how do you, you know, you, you juggle so much. I can't do it if I don't practice self-care. If I'm, if I do my routine every morning and I, and for the most part I do, I can handle what the day throws at me, yeah. you know, and yeah. I set boundaries. It's not, I'm not someone who's like, I'm going to work through the night on this. I don't care when the deadline is. I'll, it'll be late. Yeah. I will not sacrifice my sleep. I will not sacrifice my meditation. I will not sacrifice those things. Yeah. So it's just non-negotiable. They yeah. have to be hard limits. And I, yeah. I've, I've learned that for myself too recently. It's so interesting because I just had a weekend where it was like Friday to Monday nonstop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had, it, 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 it had to happen that way. But at Monday morning, it was the first time I wanted to, like, I just wanted to eat. I wanted to feed myself. And not because I was physically hungry. And I felt so paranoid and insecure. And I was like, where are these feelings coming from? And I was like, you did not take care of yourself for four days. Yeah. Right. So this is what happens when you're living on empty. Yeah. And, but it's, and it takes those times to, like, reach those places. You're like, I can never, I can't let that happen or else I'm not going to be able to meet my goals or be a thriving person in society. (laughs) Um, Like like the the paranoia and the insecurity. And that's why I stopped um, drinking actually for a long time was because it made me so anxious and paranoid. And so, but it was interesting that after being busy, the same feelings came back. So self-care is it is the basis you, of everything. You learn to make it a priority. like, And that's what's yeah. so cool about life is like you had that experience, right? Yeah. And so next time you have a weekend like that, that it's just some... And sometimes those things yeah. happen and it has to happen that exactly. way, right? Next time you have a weekend like that, you'll probably plan for that Monday to like have a self-care day yeah. or nothing or the day before, right? Yeah. Or you'll say... Or you'll spread it out and you won't commit to it again. Exactly. So that's the cool part about getting older is, right, you have all these little mini yeah, life experiences where you're like, I'm going to choose to do it differently next time. Yeah. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You, you also live, right, such a public life, as you said. You are the face of mm-hmm. this brand. And so you do share so much, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I think we, we've talked about it a little bit, but you mentioned your ex-boyfriend and mm-hmm. you went through, you know, a public separation. Mm-hmm. And so I think... I think, yes, a lot of young women are looking to be like, how do you find a quality person? And I know you've talked so much about how you guys met on Tinder. And it's oh, God. so inspirational. Yeah. But really, how do you, I think a lot of other young women in our lives, we've experienced this. Yeah. Where, yeah. How do you know when it's time to take that space mm. and to separate, especially when there's so much love? Because there's a whole other realm of fear that comes into that, right? Like fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. What if I don't find anybody else? Mm-hmm. What if this is the love of my life? You know, like all these, yeah. all these all questions, these things, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's like, so 
how did you trust yourself to take that space? And what was it like doing it in such a public way too? Yeah. So my ex-boyfriend's amazing. He is like, I, I love him as you mentioned, like I love him so much and we are still best friends and, and the reason that we can have that kind of relationship is because we've both done a ton of self work mm-hmm. on ourselves. Um, and that was what attracted to me in the first place. I think in terms of meeting the person, it's putting the best version of yourself out into the world. Yeah. You attract, you attract that. So yeah. if you're looking for a partner who is your, whatever your bullet list says, make sure you're those things, right? Mm-hmm. So put yourself out there and attract someone, you know, just be the absolute focus on yourself yeah. and it will attract the right person. In terms of us taking space, for uh, for for both of us, I think just realizing that in, that we were the patterns that weren't working in our relationship weren't going to change when we were together, mm. unfortunately. And we both needed. I'm just I'm someone who's super super independent. It's been something that I've always been sometimes to a fault, right? Mm. And so this was my first really like tight knit close relationship. But I love space. I love thriving, and I've always said like you know I I, I don't. I'm not someone who's super driven to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so so for me, the space felt feels really good. At first, mm-hmm. it was really lonely. It was like a d- dynamic change, you know, yeah, just right. used to having someone there. But it's the space that really helps, I think is going to really help both of us thrive. And it has already, even yeah. just after a month or whatever. But um, what was interesting is when we, when we let everyone know we were taking this space, I found so many people who came to me and said, hey... You know, my partner and I take took this space and we came back, you know, in six months or in two years or in five years or whatever, we reconnected and it worked out and and we both put this work in and we realigned. And so for me, I think this space for our relationship, it's funny to call him my ex-boyfriend. I don't know what to call him because he's like, you know, but, um, but this, this ending it and for this space piece doesn't feel so final. Yeah. And I think the issue that we struggle with is everything feels so final and sometimes it needs to be final in many relationships. But in this sense, it was just some individual things that, that we both needed space to work on to, to be able to find, to be able to really be selfish and focus on ourselves. Because what happens is if you don't give your, if you need, if you're not giving yourself enough space and you're not setting boundaries and you're not, for me, I wasn't giving myself enough space to work on my businesses and my businesses, my businesses are what light me up so much. And so what happened was I got resentful of him Mm -hmm. because I wasn't giving, you know, it was just a misunderstanding, you know, and obviously not going to get into the depth of everything, but for the most part, I feel like it was just really paying attention and and communicating. We are, the two of us together are real, him especially are really good communicators. Mm. And, you know, maybe, especially for a man, not to generalize, but he, he's really good about talking, telling me how he feels. And so it was always just really respectful and loving and beautiful. And, um, and we'll see where the space takes us either way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be just fine. No. And I think having the courage, and this is like something I've learned in my own journey too, having the courage to like know that mm-hmm. no matter what, that's the hard component. Right? Yeah. But like once you maybe make a decision that might be hard for yourself, whether it's in a relationship or a different yeah. kind of hard decision for yourself, maybe it's not something that you want, but something you feel that you mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. When you, when you get accustomed, I think to like making choices for you in that way, the rest of like life starts to align in yeah. a new way and yeah. trusting that there is another side, that there is even something better than you can imagine. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, whether it's with that person or not. Yeah. You know? And we have to ask ourselves with relationships too, is are we searching for something because we think we should. Yeah. We have brought and been brought up in a culture where it's like well, you at a certain age you meet the per, the one and you guys get married and it lasts forever and then you have kids. But so many of us never pause and think is that what I want? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Is that what I want? You know, because there's be there's a lot of ways. Like yeah. I, I was thinking about today, Billy and I. Even if we never got back together, if we both decided one day we wanted kids, we could do that as partners and yes. friends. You know, yeah. and is that wildly untraditional? Sure, but does, could it easily work? Sure, sure. if yeah. you're conscious yeah. and communicative. So I think it's just really questioning norms yeah. and, and and again coming back to what feels right to me. Yes, you know, yes. my my coach asked me. She was like, "Are you open to the fact that this?" 
dynamic change in your relationship could be so beautiful and it doesn't have to be aggressive and it doesn't have to be painful and it doesn't have to be. And and it was just like sort of giving permission. And when Billy and I even saw each other, we we had this moment of, I feel like it should be awkward, but I also feel really good with how things are. And we both felt that way. And it was like, okay, so yeah, how do we, you know, whatever. So I feel like that's the theme of this episode is giving permission. Yeah. Yeah. Like in all, sort of in all areas. Yeah. It takes away, it takes away the pressure. Yeah. It takes away like unnecessary, um, Force it's all okay yeah. and who are we living our lives for right like ultimately yeah. it's like we yeah. do so much for you know instagram or facebook or for our family or for our friends or how things should be like mm-hmm. that word should right. drives mm-hmm. me crazy but it's like ultimately it's about living your own truth yeah and whatever that looks like that's beautiful yeah we just have to quiet down enough to hear those messages that are coming in absolutely do you ever want to do you ever want to like turn off like quit Instagram like do you ever have like that always okay I am but I'm pretty good about it like I'm I'm you know I'm I'm setting myself up especially this year so I can take at least one full day off yeah but the truth is I I don't I don't really work with brands I don't people will send me things but I'm not um because I have my businesses I feel very free to share exactly what I please and I that I don't have to show up unless I feel like showing up so if you see me on people see me on Instagram stories it's because I decided I really want to share something and if they don't it's because I'm feeling like I you know I never I never get on and share because I feel like I should yeah yeah and no I never do and that's the cool thing and and again like I have my team who helps me post you know my quotes and those sorts of things that we that we find you know, not, it doesn't have to be right this second, right? So she, we can pre-plan that sort of stuff. So yeah. there's always stuff going out there even when I'm not on screen, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. So. And so, you know, again, all of your journey happened pretty quickly, right? Like I feel like you've lived a lifetime and <laughs> like just a little over four years. Uh-huh. Like really? Um, five years, I guess, in this year. But, you know, was future biography, like this concept of manifesting, yeah. like the life that we, we hear that word. I feel like manifestation is such like a buzzy yeah. word, but yeah. we might not know how to, how, how do you manifest abundance of money? How do you manifest a healthy relationship, right? Like yeah. this, this term, but you really did in such a short period of time, like create this life for yourself. Yeah. So for anybody listening who wants to transform their relationship, their job, the way they care about yeah. themselves, what any advice that you would share about like how to begin yeah be that person that has that job and that relationship Mm -hmm. and that's a be that person now so so I usually you know if you write a biography of this version of you Danica Breisha is a best-selling author motivational speaker serial entrepreneur she has houses or whatever if I write this out and then I think about how does that version of me carry myself Mm -hmm. can I go out in public can I go you know like think about those things right what is it how do I spend money how do I, what, what's my thought process around money? How do I, um, what do I say yes and no to? That version of me, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you put yourself there, and that's why I do these activities, I, I not only write this biography of what I hope people will say about me in five years and what I hope will be true, I write a journal entry. And the journal entry for my future is to get myself in the feelings of being that version of myself. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that Oprah talks about and so many yeah. of these spiritual leaders is, is feel the feeling first yeah. and it'll come. Just know where you want to go. We don't need to figure out how. But our, our thoughts become things, right? That's what creativity is. Anyone who's painted a, a painting, it was a thought in their head. And then it became something tangible that we can see and feel, right? Yeah. Life works the same way. So if we can dream it up in our head and every single day we consistently go in our brain and we say, this is me, this is what that world's going to look like, this is the kind of coffee mug I'm going to have and the house I'll have and how I travel and whatever, when you get really clear on that, the same the same practice of taking idea into something tangible works in our in our world. Everything we're seeing right now around us is an after. Mm-hmm. If you think of a before and after pick, all of these things are thought energy that turned into things. Yeah. Right? So that we can do that with our life too. Mm, that's so beautiful. So is there anything you want to share for like future I'm not going to talk to anyone for one year. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I'm my, my hope is to get my book published. Um, probably early next year is realistic in terms of timeline. Um, that's a big thing for me. We're, we're expanding model meals into a bunch more States this year, which will be really great. Um, and then I'm doing some more like digital, some online stuff. I'm, I'm really trying to figure out how I can focus on quality over quantity. We did 66 events in 2018, so which was amazing, <laughs> but just so much, 
so much on on me physically yeah, and yeah. and I and it took away from my ability to give I always say it's like you know when I for every five minutes I spend answering 10 dms right what if I took that time and I wrote a really thoughtful post that reached a lot more people right, right. and I sort of am like okay how can I reach the most people and be the most efficient with my time and if I've learned anything it's that creativity and this elev and elevation for ourselves yeah. and that process of going inward for our answers can only happen in space. Yeah. It can it cannot happen when you're scheduled thin and you don't have a breathing moment mm-hmm. in your day. And that's why that's why I schedule in white space. I schedule in this open space, yeah. essentially just holding time for it, right? Yeah. Um and, and that's where this answers come. So for me this year is all about space. You you're if you're listening, you can't see this, but I have a little wooden <laughs> cutout of space right by my keyboard so I can Love read it. it all day, every day. Um and it's just for me about space and seeing what comes up and focusing on quality over quantity, I think. That's awesome. Now, we always ask all of our guests towards the end of our, um, our episodes, but what, like they can say, books or music or anything inspirational for that, like it's been part of their personal journey, yeah. but you've mentioned a couple of books along the way, so that's awesome. Is there any, anything, like any little podcast or book that you'd want to like throw in there before we wrap up? Yeah, so also what you guys can't see is my, I have my two bookshelves behind she me is. that are color-coded <laughs> and a little cray. Um, books that have really impacted me, as I mentioned, 4-Hour Workweek, um, The Artist's Way, Women, Food, and God, um, Re- A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson has been like mm-hmm. huge for me. Uh, Danielle Laporte, I love her her book, uh, The Firestarter Sessions, was incredible. Um, i trying to think of other books that I crush it by Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, just There's just been a ton of different books. In terms of like technologies and that sort of thing, tech, um, I swear by Evernote. It's like a note-taking mm-hmm. so, app, okay. app that I love. I swear by Evernote. I swear by my calendar, and I swear by my, my self-care checklist. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it totally sets me up for um, the whole day. And I actually have um, an online course mm-hmm. that you can learn how to do that, it, and uh, it's called the Virtual Brunch Series. So I have that if people are curious about it. Um, but I think that, I mean... I'm trying to think. I'm like looking around. I'm like, <laughs> what if no, all my stuff? So, so. <laughs> okay, good. And then, um, if anybody's looking to, if this is their first introduction to you, or looking to find you, mm-hmm. you have the virtual brunch series online. But yeah. where else can everybody find you on the internet? So on the World Wide Web, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm on Instagram mainly for social media. Um, so it's just my name at Danica Brescia. Mm-hmm. And then my website's just danicabrayshaw.com. And from there, you can see sort of, you can get the virtual brunch series. You can see, I'm also a Whole30 coach, so I do some Whole30 groups and whatnot. And then um, you can link to Model Meals and check out Model Meals, which are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much everything is on my website and Instagram. Well, thank you so much for joining thank you. us. Thank you. So much. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.